This Watch Out for Fireballs extra sode features Cole and I talking about your responses, response to uh, Snatcher, as well as some deleted scenes. This extra sode is brought to you by Audible.com. If you'd like a free bit of audio entertainment, go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs. Take a look, take an investigate, take an inspect, take a gaze, take a uh, checkout. Do every possible synonym until you have your audiobook and are free to move on to the next scene. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs Extrasodes, a retro video game extrasode. Yes, and this week we are reading your responses, and a very specific your, in that case, about Snatcher yes. <laughs> for the uh, Sega CD. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, there's just one uh, one response we got. I know people have other opinions about this, uh-huh. and when we put out the call for opinions, um, there's some just kind of like general positivities, but nothing uh, real detailed. Yeah, yeah. About like, it. So it is a well-loved game. but People express knowledge of it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just, uh, didn't have, didn't want to elaborate or, uh, weren't able to elaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, do you want to, uh, read Matt's? Yes, sir. So Matt, who wrote in via the contact form, which is duckfeed.tv slash contact, he wrote in saying, Snatcher is the ultimate in Kojima's now signature mind fuckery. Amazingly deep storytelling, beautiful visuals, and timeless gameplay. Whereas the adventure game structure may uh, may be a little tedious for most current gamers, the immersion of the game is unparalleled. It's been years since I played the game, and I am still learning new things about what can be found uh, and hidden elements of the story. Uh, way ahead of its time, and a crime that it got so little attention here in the states. Yeah. Like I, I, there, you know, I, I agree and disagree with parts of that. <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't really talk about it in the main episode, but this game was like kind of a, a pretty serious flop. It was given very you short know, shrift. Yeah. Yeah. And part of it was because of the uh, mature rating, which at the time, given all your night traps and, and whatever, <laughs> you know, Sega sex dungeons. Shit, <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> was, and, and given that Sega was the only one that participated in that at that yeah. time. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it meant, uh, you know, kind of meant poor sales. But yeah. uh, it's also conversely, like, widely considered to be the best Sega CD game. So it, no, it, you know, no. at the time, it was not recognized at all. But now, if, like, you're going to play a Sega CD game, like, this is probably... Yeah. Well, well and, and, and we've done, like, I mean, you, you specifically have done some exploration as to, like, hey, if there are any Sega CD games that we need to have drawn to our attention, what should we do? Mm-hmm. Right? Either, you know, yeah. for Abject Suffering or for, you know, this program. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, nothing better than this has come up. Yeah, there's a people have mentioned a couple of different games, but not very many. Like I've been, I've been thinking about that idea of like, like there are all these systems out there. Uh-huh. Like if you just take the best of them, there's probably like a like several like real good games I'm just missing out on because it never occurred yep. to me to think like, oh, you know, I bet you the best three links games are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, Aliens vs Predator or whatnot. Yeah, like they're probably pretty decent. Like I just yeah. never. Uh, well, that's Jaguar. Like oh, I'm really, like, oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I yeah. fucked up. Yeah, but they like links or like you know just some kind of like a shitty obscure system. Probably the best couple games for it are pretty good, and those are just blind spots I have. You know, there's probably a good 3DO game out there. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but there might be. Um, so I was thinking about that with Sega CD. Um, the part of you, the part of this I agree with is the idea of the hidden elements and stuff. And it's interesting to have a real non-Western example of that, which is something that I I love so much in Fallout, which is the most recent episode we've done, is just hidden optional content. Which, which I really like. Like, it's yeah. not interactive, 
in Snatcher, which is, you know, not, you know, I usually don't like that quite as much. But the fact that there is all that hidden world building and it's all optional, I really do like that. Yeah. So this is definitely the most complete world building that uh, that Kojima has done. Um, yeah. You know, like specifically, like over the course of one game, like maybe over the course of the, you know, how many Metal Gear games there are, he's painted something of a picture. Like this is a complete work, even though he borrowed uh, most yeah. of the elements from other different things. Right. Yeah. And that's the strongest part of yeah. the game, I think. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't find that this game is inherently easier to play or less frustrating than a regular adventure game, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I, I definitely don't feel like the, you know, the, the gameplay is any real great shakes. Like, yeah. um, you know, that part of it, like the interactivity of it. And I'm on the record of that not being a deal breaker for me, mm-hmm. but the interactivity of it is very limited. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, uh, I think I did this once in the episode, but, uh, you know, uh, let's say hypothetical question time. Um, if this was not a console game initially in the U.S., but if it was, you know, like a PC game, you know, where adventure style titles were more accepted, would it be, you know, would it have resonated more, do you think? Would it resonate more with me or have been more successful? Uh, either. Whatever. Whatever you would like to say. Um, I think I think it probably would have done better you know, numbers wise, because mm-hmm. there was like a built in audience for it. Even exactly, at the time. Yeah. Pe- people who are yeah, more like, literate for that kind of game, right? Yeah, because like every all of the adventure games that I ended up playing, you know, I've talked about it before, but my first adventure exposure um, was both through like that my one uncle that liked them, but a lot of them were through NES games. Mm-hmm. And every time you found an adventure game on a console system at the time, it was this huge anomaly. Yeah. You know, um, this I mean, there aren't very many adventure games on Sega consoles at all. Yeah. You know, um, to this, so it's it's one of the very few, mm-hmm. um, and they do they feel weird, and it, the mm-hmm. fact that it was originally written for like a little PC style machine i don't know exactly what an ms88 looks like i know it was on a disc i know that it had a keyboard so it was more or less like a home computer <laughs> yeah you know yeah. Um, it's like, it like a japanese amiga yeah yeah that's probably so it was you know more or less for a kind of you know i'm sure there were it was a word processing program you could get for that like it was a computer mm-hmm. um so having that built-in audience you know i can't imagine people who are real into pc games at the time were buying sega cds to play this yeah yeah you know even though it's 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 so, worth it so therefore it would have been more successful you know people who had pcs yeah. were more uh likely to go after this kind of thoughtful investigative game um at least for the first I think again so. three quarters you know it, it it actually would have found more purchase than you know people who were looking for sonic cd at least yeah at least yeah. in america like in japan yeah, yeah. adventure games had a lot more footing oh yeah you know because sure. they, you know, there's the there's uh whatever that name of that series yeah. is it's old nintendo murder mysteries yeah. You know, there are tons of those kind of first-person Mac Venture style games mm-hmm. in Japan, but in America, it would have found more purchase if they if it would have been ported yeah. as such. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, the, the I don't have very much else to say. Like we just spent a lot of time talking about Snatcher. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I agree with yeah. things, some things you're saying, and I disagree with some yeah, other yeah. things. Like uh, immersion is weird. Like I, I definitely spend a lot of time opting to read information about this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can't do anything otherwise. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, it's a weird – one of the things that actually took me out of immersion is how um, exposition-y it is. Yeah, yeah. I would, I, would, I would examine something. The game would tell me something and then have uh, Metal Gear immediately say it afterwards, sometimes <laughs> using like the same sentences or very similar sentences. Yeah. 
And that was like, you know, they really try to hammer that home. And then just like the literal parts where someone just stops and recaps the plot for you. Like it is very exposition heavy as a game. Yeah. You know, that actually felt like that took me out of immersion quite a bit. And characters are oftentimes saying things that everyone would know, but the player wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, and that's that's that kind of breaks immersion as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, show don't tell violations. (laughs) on. And, um, and and even in uh, you know just and having, not just the show don't tell violations that Gillian does to every young lady he meets. <laughs> so, uh, you know the, 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 this is in no way a defense, but to, you know when I was watching uh, Blade Runner this morning, there's a scene where that uh, where that Chubbo uh, uh, police chief uh, mm-hmm. just like comes out and says, "Yeah, so replicants were made by the Tyrell Corporation, and uh, yeah. you know they're slaves yeah. and blah blah." It's like it's like really ham handed, and if Deckard is. Uh, as mm-hmm. we are to be led to be, you know to believe um, <laughs> mm-hmm. a Blade Runner, he would know this stuff already. So I was like, I was laying in bed, real real drowsy, watching this. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, yeah, it's clumsy. Yeah, it's it's one of those just you know real early uh, writing things. Yeah, the um, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Matt, and thanks yeah. everybody else who just kind of uh, piped in uh, with less uh, you know kind of substantial. But no less appreciated responses. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, Matt Hunter, formerly of the A Jumps B Shoots podcast, Ooh. was just like, I love it on, on Facebook. And I was like, why do you love it? And he's like, because <laughs> Kojima, that's why. Yeah. And I was like, really? I think that's why I kind of don't like it in, in some <laughs> ways is because of that. But yeah. the uh, – yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so but yeah, th- thanks, everybody. If you have uh, responses about the next games we're doing, um, Dishonored, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, or Dungeons & Dragons Memories, mm-hmm. um, go to duckfeed.tv forward slash contact yeah. and lay them on us. Otherwise, um, have a fantastic uh, whatever de- you know, non-denominational winter holiday you uh, celebrate. Yeah. If, yeah. if you've kept your, your Crimbus bush trimmed and wet, <laughs> and Winter Man will come out of his Christmas cave <laughs> or Crimbus cave in the woods and... Get you what you want. Just, just so. follow the rules, okay? Just yeah. Follow the rules. yeah. As long as you eat your pound of hair um, <laughs> during the year. So. Oh man. And here are some some limited deleted scenes of this very short extra sode. Yeah. <laughs> since <laughs> since most of our discussion was in this crazily long episode. Yeah, in the episode. So <laughs> enjoy this ten minute like long extra sode <laughs> in total. <laughs> I could have swore I was done saying this, but this next little bit of the extra episode contains Breaking Bad spoilers. So go watch that fucking show already. Jesus, animals. Nothing stops this train. Um, snow or, you know, the fact that we have all the money in the world. Yeah, that's and nice. we killed Mike. So nothing. Uh, <laughs> you killed Mike? What? Yeah. Nothing stops this train. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, I was, oh. it was, uh, it was okay. too, too far of a reach for Breaking Bad. <laughs> so, no, I, I wasn't. So since the series ended, I've kind of filed that away in, uh, in you know, not existing land. Like I just, I just did a rewatch. Just oh, finished. Uh, yeah, I started. It's. Uh, I mean, I, I never watched any of the episodes twice, so it's the only. It's my second playthrough oh, yeah. of uh, the series. But yeah, I'm adding it to my yearly rotation. Right um, on. But uh. <sighs> yeah, that's uh hmm. Oh yeah, I was at I was at Thanksgiving. Uh my my, my dad's side Thanksgiving and my stepmom said, Did you watch the finale? Uh, I was like, The finale of what? Uh, it's just breaking bad. I was like, Oh fuck yeah, okay. We're yeah, gonna have this conversation. <laughs> like <laughs> that feels like ancient history. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it kinda kinda came and went pretty quick from the 
discussion. I mean, award season is kind of coming up, so yeah, yeah, it'll come back for that. But a lot of things uh, redoing the rewatch smoothed over a lot of rough edges for me. Like some mm-hmm. things that felt kind of sudden in retrospect were yeah. actually better setup than I thought. Mm-hmm. Even though I, w- I was going to ask you, I mean, it's out of your memory, so you don't know. But which one is which one is do you think is the worst cold open? In, in Breaking Bad, <laughs> the one where Walt and Skyler are buying their house and one of them says something almost to the effect of, I don't think anything bad will ever happen to us again. <laughs> that one's or, pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Or the one where Jesse is playing the non-existent light gun version of Rage. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And every bad. time he shoots, he imagines he's shooting Gale yeah, with like real that, fast cuts to what he's feeling. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that that one is actually worse because of the crass product placement. Yeah, like it's I, pretty, pretty rough. At, at the very least, like the uh, uh, buying the house one gave us a little bit of a glimpse of old Walt. Not old Walt, I mean, by, by what you mean, young Walt. Like before all of this happened, right? Yeah. And so like I relish any of those moments like that are flashback to that just because mm-hmm. it does provide, you know, just like a little bit of context. And, you know, I, it, it reminds you that he wasn't always a destroyed husk of a man. Like, yeah. so for, for, for as like dramatically bankrupt as like, and nothing bad is ever going to happen was yeah. <laughs> like at the very least that was, that was useful. Whereas Jesse has PT after or PTSD after shooting a guy. Well, no shit. Also here is this bullshit game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a dumb product placement thing and it's one of my least favorite. Like it felt like editing from, did you ever see, I mean, probably not. It's, it's well before your time, but MTV had a show called dead at 21. Okay. For a little while, which was just like a, it was their first, one of their first forays into to drama. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's these little, like, MTV music video as flash cuts between, you know, he shoots somebody then immediately flashes to Gail's face and then it <laughs> shoots back to him yeah. and, and he's sweating all close up and, and yeah. it looked like real bad MTV video editing. Yeah. For it. And just really obvious, like, oh, he's having a hard time, you know, shooting a gun. Mm-hmm. Like after shooting this thing, okay, and, and, and like okay, like as like a character study thing, like you know, like having a hard time with it, but also actively seeking it out, like trying to internalize and you know, uh, uh, like maybe derealize it a little bit. Like I can understand sure. that, like 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 for like from a literary context, it's fine, but just the 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 aesthetically and the product, yeah. Ugh. I even think from a literary con, like <laughs> it's not great, a little, bit, it's a little lazy, gr- like it's not yeah, great, like it, but. Yeah, uh, a li- little lazy, not too bad. A little lazy, yeah, but just yeah. you know, repugnant in in other ways. I can, t- I can but it's tell just you like that. it's go ahead. It's so weird how how few like missteps there are in that show. Like I just I you know I, it was like maybe the last two weeks, three mm-hmm. weeks I watched it, so I haven't it hasn't been very long, and just uh, it's so solid. And then just when it stumbles, it just feels so intense yeah. because it's you know the rest of it's so good. I can tell you what my favorite one is um, because I What's think it, it predates our discussion of the show at all. Um, but uh, the one where uh, Badger's uh, selling drugs to the informant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah. the that's one excellent. long shot. That is so good. Yeah, to DJ Qualls. Like me saying I like anything involving DJ Qualls, it's like, what? But like it's so good because it's Badger. Yeah, that's real good. Did you know that guy's like a serious improv comedian? Like he's real involved in like the Upright Citizens Brigade theater stuff. And he comes from the world of comedy. Like, um, I I only know him from, uh, what is it, Road Trip? Was he, was he in Road Trip Mm -hmm. or was it the new guy? Uh, and also, (laughs) and also, (laughs) and also from when he briefly was associated with the blue collar comedy. Like, yeah like, I, I saw that like yeah. he, he's got this weird like he's like one of those comedians that doesn't seem like he's still waiting to like this is the biggest thing he's done uh-huh. um and he's still kind of waiting to because i haven't really seen him in very much 
but right. I, I was surprised to, to find that. He's got uh, one of my friends, um, or the guy who used to drum in my band, one of my good friends, his cousin has Badger's voice. Like that, that, that specific the- kind of scratchy, like high-pitched. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like every when I first, and he kind of looks like him a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Like when I first saw Badger, I was I was pretty delighted. <laughs> and it's, it's, and it's funny voice. to it's funny to have uh, to have Badger show up in other things too. It's like mm-hmm. going back and like I think he showed up in the Office, like some of the early Office episodes. He was in Parks and Rec, uh, Community. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like just the, the 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 way in which they draw Breaking Bad draws from comedy, um, the comedy yeah. scene to a certain extent. It like has put a bunch of other things in a different light for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Viva La Badger. <laughs> Viva La Badger and Skinny Pete too. Yeah, yeah. I like Skinny. When he, when I, he tickles the ovaries, come on. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that whole scene's really great. Yeah, that's a that's a real good. I don't know if that's a cold open or not, but uh, that that's that's a wonderful scene. Well, anytime when Walt like interacts with them, that's what makes them. That's good. really fun too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that yeah, specifically yeah. was that kind of scene, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 